Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about doctrine and theology. These are topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, and out of reach. And we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives that we lead. We do this because we agree with what theologian and pastor J.C. Ryle once wrote. Let us strive every year we live to become more deeply acquainted with Scripture. Here at Kitchen Table Theology, we want to help strengthen your faith doctrinally, to live and help you become more knowledgeable in and of the word theologically, and to grow in your love for Jesus exponentially. Today's podcast continues the 33 things that occur instantaneously at the moment of salvation to every believer. This is the second to last podcast in this series, which began with episode 104. If you missed any of these podcasts, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. Did you just say the second to last of these? Second to last. Yeah. We're it's almost been, done. I know it's been a chapter, hasn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> well, hey, before we jump in today, we want to thank you for listening and for especially leaving us ratings and reviews. One recent review from Sharon Gusto says, I really enjoy these talks as they simply or simplify difficult ideas and themes in the Bible and make them understandable. That's very kind of you. Thank you. It is. And I like I like the way she put that. They just. Simplifying difficult idea. Well, I'm I'm glad she thinks that because there's times where we think we have utterly failed. Well, and I I I like it that she's she's not implying that it's watered down. It's just simplified so we can digest that. And that's the whole theme and caboodle of everything that we want to do here. So thank you for that. Thank you, Sharon. And we are grateful for each rating and review because it helps us to get the word out to more and more people about kitchen table theology. All right, second to last. You ready to get started? Let's go. Hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians, and thank you for joining us. And Jen, before we jump in today, yes, I want to let you know, well, you already know. I want to let everyone know <laughs> that two podcasts from now, we have a pretty big announcement to share regarding the future of Kitchen Table Theology. That's all we can say right That's now. That's all we can say. <laughs> but not this podcast, not the next podcast, but in two more podcast. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Today, Jen, we're going to see what it means when Scripture says that instantaneously, at the very moment of salvation, we become light in the Lord. Light in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we find that concept in Ephesians 5, 8, which reads, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Yes, that's it. So thank you for reading that. You know, many years ago, H.A. Ironside. How's that for a name? I mean, it sounds, sounds like, like a ship, a, an Ironside, I was thinking right? it sounds like a battle leader. Or a, yeah. It wasn't. Well, he was. Some, yeah. Yeah. He was a pastor. Okay. Very well-known pastor at Moody Church in Chicago for many years, the author of numerous books and commentaries, H.A. Ironside. He used to tell a story of a new convert to Christianity, and this guy gave his testimony during a church service. Mm-hmm. One, It sounds like uh, the 
traditions you and I grew up in. That would have been on a Sunday and a Sunday night service. Oh yeah, testimony time. Mm-hmm. Who's got a, who's got a testimony? And then you <laughs> held your breath because all kinds of crazy stuff would be said. Yeah, I won't say his name, but there was Mister So and So in the back that you, you never knew had knew, one. Never knew what you were going to get. Whew. Some people just should not be handed a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, back to this guy with a smile on his face and just overflowing joy in his heart. The man related how he'd been delivered from a life of sin. He gave the Lord all the glory, said nothing about any of his own merits or anything that he had done to deserve salvation and all the blessings that come once you have been redeemed by Jesus. Mm-hmm. The person in charge of the meeting, I'm guessing it was the pastor, who mm-hmm. knows, was very legalistic and didn't fully appreciate the reality of salvation by grace through faith alone, apart, completely apart from human work. So he responded to the young man's comments by saying, you seem to indicate that God did everything when he saved you. Didn't you do your part before God did his? Mm. And the new Christian jumped back up to his feet and said, oh, yeah, I did. I did my part. (laughs) For more than 30 years, I ran away from God as fast as my sins could carry me. That was my part. But God took out after me and ran me down. That was his part. That's darkness to light. <laughs> it is. It is. And I've always liked those concepts of, you know, we, we see it a lot in um, scripture, but we also see it a lot in worship culture where, you know, God's pursuing us and, you know, yes. he, he would cross the ocean so that we won't mm-hmm. drown. You know, all mm-hmm. of those references. Well, hey, I have an idea. What if we take this little bitty, and it is a little bitty, verse that is so packed with truth and walk through it word by word or phrase by phrase, we, we can stretch it, and you unpack it for us a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Where where do you want to begin here? Well, Want to reread the verse? Yeah, why don't I reread it? So, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. You know, when we read that, the tendency is to add a word or two. You, I almost feel like you want to say, for you were once in darkness, but now you are in light. It doesn't I say that. I feel like people quote it that yeah. way. Yeah, for sure. He says, for you were once darkness, mm-hmm. but now you are light. The first word is for, the word for, for you were once darkness. The word for indicates the reason why believers, why we should not partner with unbelievers. And what I love, I love the term terminal values. Mm. The values of the world are terminal. Mm. The values of Christ are eternal. So we're not to partner with the world or unbelievers in their terminal values. In the, in the verses right before this, Paul tells us as Christians, here's a few things that ought not to be present in our lives, and he names them. Give us some examples. Well, he names uh, sexual immorality, and then he says any impurity, greed, obscene, talking, foolish talking, crude joking, just to name a few. And then he says that those who practice such things, and I'll quote him from verse 5 of Ephesians 5, do not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Therefore, the word for is what some refer to as a term of conclusion, that whenever you encounter a conjunction like this, am I getting too deep? Nope. I feel like I'm getting too You're deep. following grammar rules for conclusions. Yeah, so when you, when you, yeah a conclusion, <laughs> yeah. a term of conclusion. Whenever you encounter a conjunction like the word for, some other terms would be like therefore or for this reason or so that or so then. You use them as an opportunity to slow down and dig into the text to interrogate it. 
For in, in doing that, you're learning to meditate on the text and the spiritual benefits of meditation are priceless. So in this context, Paul's saying, in light of the truth that those who practice a Christless, profligate uh, type of lifestyle we just described, he says they're not going to enter heaven. Mm-hmm. And don't be defiled by them. And in fact, in verse 7, he writes, do not become their partners. Mm-hmm. Partners is a very interesting Greek word. We we also translate it as partakers. So it implies a close relationship and intimacy or a union. And it means to share in the possession of something. And in the context, Paul's talking about disobedience. The same word, partners or partakers, is was used in the first century of a document, a papyrus document, mm-hmm. signed by two parties who jointly owned a house or jointly owned a piece of property. They were partners or partakers in the venture together. We we still do that and practice that today, right? Mm-hmm. So you carry that picture into the moral and ethical and spiritual realm. Paul's saying, in a sense, don't be joint possessors or sharers and their filthy, ungodly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It makes me think there's a pastor one time that talked about, and it's a psychological term, this concept of mirroring, that you become yeah. the four or five people that you spend most of your time with. Yes. And right. the pastor was indicating when you look back over the lowest parts of your life, when you felt farthest away from Christ, the people you had in your life probably weren't the people that you have in your life now mm-hmm. as you're growing yeah. in Christ. So, woo, well, we got a lot out of that three-letter word, four. four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's move on. The second little part is you were once darkness. Yeah. So the Christian's past before becoming a believer was spiritual darkness. The word darkness is liter- literally defined as that sphere in which light is absent. And I think I've told you before about going a mile down into the earth mm-hmm. in a South African diamond mine. And there was, I mean, when I say no light, it, it was complete, utter darkness. You just have to knock me in the head and send me on the glory because I wouldn't <laughs> I would have done. Oh, the hardest part for me good. was stepping onto the elevator, knowing that it the shaft went down for a mile. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Hope, hope the Immediately cables, now. And there nope. were about eight or ten of us in there and- Mm-mm. Oh, anyway, I have experienced the complete absence of light. I remember, you know, moving my hand back and forth in front of my open eyes, and I couldn't detect any movement mm. at all. It, mm. it was crazy. So that word darkness, it's used in the Bible when it referred to the literal darkness that occurred on the day of Jesus's crucifixion, or darkness as opposed to light in, in creation. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the, the, the dark he named night and the light he named day. Interestingly, the same word in the Greek is used in another place for the place of punishment, for the place of eternal misery, eternal separation from God. So the word for hell is is also the word darkness. Now, that's not how it's used here in Ephesians. I just think that's that's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. The emphasis of Paul's language here is not on the word darkness, though. It's on the word were. Mm-hmm. You were Darkness. I've thought the emphasis would have been on darkness. You were Mm -hmm. darkness. No, you were. Mm -hmm. That's where the emphasis Mm -hmm. is. We were in a state of darkness before our salvation. We were under the domain of Satan. And then that's juxtaposed then to Mm -hmm. Paul then saying, but now you are light in the Lord. Right. So check this out. There's a contrast between were and are in that Mm -hmm. verse. Before Christ and after Christ. The present tense of are, A-R-E, shows 
I just spelled it R A R E A R E. Well, my dad pronounced our like R. Well, you're hitting several grammatical things that I actually teach with my students, and one of them is commonly confused words, and we yeah. we pull those two out because pe- people. Yeah, I don't know why I did often. that. I'm sorry, that was a terrible digression, but <laughs> yeah. Thank you for justifying it for me. (laughs) There you go. So back to it. Okay, the present tense, you are light, shows our new spiritual state. You are light. God delivered Christians from darkness to spiritual light. And that light came from our position in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. And Jesus is the light. Darkness symbolizes Satan's domain, all the sinful deeds of those who don't follow and obey God. Darkness also represents spiritual ignorance of those whose sin has blinded their eyes from the light of God's truth. Light, on the other hand, pictures the knowledge of the truth that comes when God shines into our lives. I love the verse Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It's one of my favorite, and I'm going to unpack it for a second. Mm -hmm. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts, now catch this, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I love that verse. And I think Paul knew exactly what he was saying when he wrote it because he was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I love it because it addresses the ultimate pursuits of the three major cultures of their day, Mm. Hebrew, Greek, and Roman. So, Jen, if you had to make a guess, what do you think overall the pursuit of the Hebrews, of the Israelites, what was that? Well, we've already talked about things I teach my students. Yeah. And these are some of the things I teach them when you're trying to find the main idea. Okay. You look at the title, which we already know. The title of today's time is the light of the Lord. Right. And then you look for repetition of words or phrases. And we've seen light, 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 light. So that's what I'm going to guess based on educational (laughs) strategy. Why am I 60? (laughs) How old? I'm 60. How old am I? I'm 61. I don't know. I was 60, <laughs> I'm not going to guess. Even I was 61 <laughs> yesterday. How have I not learned that until now? Just didn't have me as your teacher. So you look at the title? Title. And repetition? Repetition of words of or, words or, or phrases. Ideas. Yeah, words or ideas. Yeah. Well, that brings you back I to thought the that idea. was going to be a little bit of a uh, <laughs> challenge for you, but no, you just threw that right to the curb. The answer is light. Here we go. As you said. So- Read the Old Testament scriptures and you find over and over again, Jewish writers, prophets, kings, leaders, people talking about light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. We could go on and on. The pursuit of the Hebrews was light. I mean, it's everywhere in Hebrew culture. The pursuit of the Greeks was knowledge, right? Just the names Aristotle. Uh, Socrates, Plato, Pythagoras, Diogenes, remind us of that. They Mm -hmm. were pursuing knowledge. They were all about knowing, all about knowledge. The pursuit of the Romans was glory. You know, there's the phrase, the glory of Rome. We've heard it. We even, you you go over there now, you see the forum, the markets, the streets, the Colosseum, the temples, the seven hills of Rome, all impress the visitor. And one poet back in the first, or maybe it was the second century, wrote this, goddess of continents and peoples, Mm. O Rome, whom nothing can equal or even approach. Hmm. So the pursuit of the Rome, the Romans was glory. They, They wanted that glory. So those are three pursuits of three incredible civilizations, light, 
knowledge, and glory. And go back to our verse from 2 Corinthians. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where is it? In the face of Christ. Mm -hmm. I just think that is so powerful. The pursuit of the people, no matter which culture they were from, was and is all found in the person of Christ. So as believers, we're called to walk in the light just as he himself is in the light, living with every area of our lives exposed to God. Every area of our lives exposed. Now that puts some fear into some people, but he's already told us we were darkness, right? but now we are And there light. again, I think we get into positional versus experiential. Mm-hmm. We are light positionally, walking it out. Mm-hmm. Some days are lighter than others, Mm -hmm. but we still have got this old carnal nature. Yeah. And you mentioned positionally. That's what I was thinking about when you were giving the, you know, that we put the emphasis on the wrong thing. We look to the light and darkness and that's important, but we miss the were and the are quite often. Because a lot of times we don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we start to base our walk with Christ and our feelings, then we get into trouble. So Mm -hmm. that that's truth. So you grab a hold of that truth and you just walk in that truth. The word, so he, he tells us to live as children of light. Mm-hmm. Since you were darkness, now you're light, now live as children of light. The word live is often translated as the word walk. Mm. Walk means to order your behavior, to conduct your life. The, the Greek indicates that walk, that walk slash live word, it's a command and it's to be followed habitually. In other words, as you are walking, or as you are living. Mm -hmm. So we are to order our lives as children of light. That is God's children. We conduct our lives according to our spiritual birth as born-again people. It's our nature that propels our walk. Since the Christian has the status of being in the Lord who is light, we should walk as children of light. Our walk, in other words, should correspond to our status. We should enlighten others as to what is true, what is light. Children of disobedience in that passage and children of light are put in contrast. Mm-hmm. With each other. Well, how about a quick summary for us before we sign off today? Yeah, before conversions, Christians, what we learn, we're not just in darkness, we were darkness. Mm-hmm. And now that we become believers, we are light itself. Something radical happened to us. Again, the theme for the last 20 episodes Something happened radically, instantaneously, at the moment of salvation. And one of the things was we became children of light. So we not only are to walk in the light, we are called to be light. We are the light of Christ itself. We belong now to a the realm of light. And we're not to fellowship with the values, those terminal values of those without Christ. We are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. We're God's light in a dark world. Enlightened people shed light on others. Although we are now the children of light, much darkness remains in us. Mm -hmm. That's due to our sin nature. But the difference now that we are Christians is that we are not in total darkness anymore. We know much of God, much of his grace, much of his plan for us. And, And this was a radical change for our lives that began at the moment of salvation. Instantaneously. Yes. At the we moment love that. of salvation. I love that word instantaneously. <laughs> a switch. 
Yep. <laughs> well, hey, thanks again for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen from. It helps our listeners find the show, and we want to spread that Kitchen Table Theology love. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. Please log on to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.